What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Thursday, October 5th, coming to you from Philadelphia. But I am actually on my way back, like, right now. I'm here in Philly doing the show, but I'm ready to be back in South Florida. I came here to watch the Miami Marlins in the postseason, and you could tell... I don't want to say I don't have pep in my step today, because I always do. But I came here not to just get two cheesesteaks and see two Marlins runs. And the cheesesteaks were way better than the Marlins runs. At least, I didn't have the, well, I don't want to go there. But watching that game last night, being there in person... Being there the day before, we're at least on, what was it? Today's Thursday, Tuesday. I'm just, I've lost track because the Marlins season is done and over with. And on Tuesday, when I was down the street at Citizens Bank Park, at least there was a feeling like, okay, maybe with just one hit, the Marlins are back in this thing. Last night, that feeling, it, it wasn't there. The Phillies are just too good. The Marlins season is done, and I am just thankful that on this trip to Philadelphia, I was able to get two really good cheesesteaks. One was the best I've ever had in my entire life. You could talk to so many people here, and they will give you a different answer. I posted some pictures on social media of the cheesesteak I had yesterday from Angelo's. And some people said, oh my gosh, how does a cheesesteak, how does the hoagie, how does the roll have sesame seeds? It was phenomenal. I don't think I'll ever have a better cheesesteak than the one I had yesterday in my entire life. I highly recommend Angelo's. It's a pizzeria and they are known for tremendous cheesesteaks. And they're not skimpy around here in Philly on the meat and the cheese and the onions. They give you a really big cheesesteak. Now, some of you, you might be coming to where I am right now and have been for the past few days for the Dolphins and Eagles, which is just, what, less than three weeks away? Sunday night football? Some of you may be coming for that. And if you do, again, go to Angelo's. And they're not paying me to say this. I didn't tell them I'm going to say it. I am just, I'm being straight with you. That is the best cheesesteak I've ever had in my entire life. So that's what I really got out of this trip. Two good cheesesteaks, one that was phenomenal, and two Marlins runs. That's what I saw. So what am I going to do this hour? Am I going to sit here in sorrow and have a sad show? No, I'm not going to do that. I appreciate how the Marlins of all teams helped carry the conversation for us all the way to October. Normally, a Marlins conversation ends by August, sometimes even July. 
Here it is, October 5th, five days into the month of October, and that is when the Marlins conversation comes to a close. But the Marlins convo cannot come to a close until I do give them a proper burial. You got to pay your respects to the 2023 Miami Marlins. They made a very nice run. The ending, it wasn't good. But reality is, except for one team, probably the Braves, every other team in Major League Baseball, they're going to have an ending of some sort. Think about it. The Marlins started this journey in February. And in February, we were all a little busy at the time, weren't we? The Heat, the Panthers. And those two teams, while we were watching them, we thought they were disappointments. They were. I mean, we're watching them and they're not doing well. So the Heat and the Panthers, they were disappointments until they weren't. And here we are, eight months later, the Marlins were playing postseason baseball. Pretty cool. A lot to feel good about, but there are a lot of questions about the future. Now, I went to the clubhouse after the game yesterday, and I spoke to some of the players. I caught the mood in that clubhouse, and I'll tell you what I think about who may or may not be coming back to this Marlins team. I'll get to that in just a little bit. So this week has kind of been up in the air schedule-wise for the show because coming into the week, I wasn't even exactly sure what flight I'd be on, uh, where I would be, but here I am in Philadelphia. So I am flying back to South Florida. I will get there uh, this evening. And then tomorrow morning, I'm headed back to Medellin for about eight or nine days before I come back to South Florida yet again. Uh, my poker tournament's coming up. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I hope you guys will be there and join me because we've raised the stakes. We've upped the ante. My tournament happens every single month inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The guaranteed prize pool now, the minimum amount of money in the prize pool, is $20,000. That's been doubled. It was 10 before. Now it's 20. They're doubling your chip stack. So instead of starting with 20K, you're going to start with 40K. So you get a lot of chips. There's at least $20,000 in the prize pool. And now it is $250 to buy in. So for $250, you got a chance to win a lot of money. Second place pays a lot. I say second because, you know, I'm going to take first. I've done it three times already within a year, within like nine months or ten months. So I plan to do it again. But come on out. Second place pays a lot. I hope to see you there Tuesday night, October 17th, 12 days away. Cards in the air at 6 p.m. You could register until about 8.45 p.m. Inside the poker room, join me for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. So what else can I tell you about the schedule? 
you hear me now. Tomorrow, though, like I said, I am traveling. So I will not be on the airwaves tomorrow, but I will be with you again on Monday. So I'll do my best, even though I got to give the Marlins a, a proper burial today. A season can't end. And I'm like, hey, are you ready for some more Dolphins football? I will be getting to that, but the Marlins, they, they've got to be buried. And I'm not saying buried as in kill them. I'm just saying now that their season is over, just like any other time we have a team season come to an end, there's got to be a proper burial for them. So I'm going to be getting to that momentarily. Now, I mentioned my poker tournament at the Hard Rock. I've also mentioned this week and for several weeks my wager on the Marlins to win the World Series, the wager I made in the supermarket in Medellin, 66 million peso profit. Now I'm not going to be getting 66 million pesos. But why am I bringing up my wager and the Hard Rock? I can't give you right now the information you want to know, which is when sports betting will start again in Florida. I do not have an exact date. Not yet. What I can tell you, though, is that A, when the Seminoles do restart their app where you can bet on sports, It will have nothing to do with a timeline of what is going on currently or what went on a couple of weeks ago in any court proceedings, any documents, any orders, anything like that. It had nothing to do with that a month ago. It had nothing to do with that two weeks ago. There's a lot of false information out there. So that's A. B is, I I don't want to say I just believe, because it's not something I just believe. It's something, and I, I don't like doing this, but so many people have been asking me, even in the press box the past two days, Slater, I need to know when the Hard Rock app is coming back. So I don't like giving out information that I don't know for, for certain, like this is definitely going to happen. But if you are waiting for it, if you're like, when is this app coming back? The only thing I could say right now, and it's not a scoop, this is just what I really, really think is going to happen based on, based on some knowledge. I do think you will be able to wager on sports in Florida legally within the next I'm going to I'm going to extend it a little bit here within the next 3 weeks. That's what I'll say. I'll go before the end of the month. I don't think it's going to take that long. But I don't want to I don't want to tell you it's going to be in 10 days. Because then in 10 days from now, you're going to come at me. Hey, it's 10 days since you said that on your show, and I still can't wager on sports. So right now, until I have like more information, 
solid information. I'm just going to say by the end of the month, I I really, really, really do think and almost know, almost, that we will be able to wager on sports in Florida again. But let me be very clear. When I do find out the exact date, the exact timing and everything, I will not go online. I will not come here on the program and say, I think this is going to happen. I believe this is going to happen. No, I will say, all right, everyone, are you ready for the Slater's scoop? And then when you hear that, that will be for sure. Because I do not give you a Slater's scoop that I am not sure about. My scoops are 100%. They are certified. I just can't do that yet. Not because I'm not allowed. I can't because I just don't know the exact date. I don't know yet. But I think I will very soon. So just stand by, do what you got to do for the meantime, which would be don't bet, right? Because it would be illegal to do that unless you're in a different state. Just hang tight because it is coming very, very soon. All right. I got a lot to get to this hour. I got a flight going back to South Florida. There's a lot going on. I'm sorry I won't be with you tomorrow. It's got to be a travel day for me. I came here to Philly, and I'm glad I did because I got two cheesesteaks, and one of them was great. And aside from that, the experience with Philadelphia fans, I know some of them can be rude, but they are just so into their sports, so into it in every single way. It's really, really, really cool to see and be a part of not that I'm rooting for Philly but just be in the area where you've got all these sports fans going crazy all the time and they know everything about their teams and they're they're just so into it no matter where you are in the city that's the part that I really loved all right now I've got things to get to I got to bury the Marlins uh, properly but I can't I can't do that, and I can't do anything else until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Why did the Miami Marlins get swept by the Phillies in the wild card round? I think this whole thing was too big for them. If you look at these two games that they just played and lost, everything that happened here in Philadelphia, it was too much. They weren't ready for that level. I'm there in the building and that crowd, the Marlins, they're just not ready for it. They're not ready for that type of crowd. They're not ready for that type of pitching, the experience. They were not ready for the postseason. Not that Skip didn't have him prepared. I'm not blaming him about that. I think the Marlins were prepared from a physical standpoint. They were ready to hit. They were ready to pitch. 
But the postseason is a completely different level. You got to be ready for the atmosphere. You got to be ready for all of the pressure that comes with it. Everything about Philadelphia, the fans who are ridiculously into it, the entire team they've got, the manager, all of Philly, they'd been gearing up for Red October. They went through this last year. They got all the way to the World Series. They were so ready. The Marlins, they came in here and they ran into a buzzsaw. Now, Miami wasn't the only team that got swept. It's not like, oh, all these other teams, they were so ready. And the Marlins, they were just laughed off the field. There were four sweeps. Every wild card series ended in a sweep. And they all ended in the same day. So that means we got no games tonight. We got no games tomorrow. The division series, they start Saturday. My guess is Major League Baseball did not anticipate that this would all end on the same day for sweeps. I like the wild card as a series, best of three. It's way better than, hey, we're just going to play one game. One game, anything can happen. A pitcher has one bad game, that's it. The, the team could be so good during the year, for whatever reason they're playing in the wild card game, they're really good. You got your ace on the mound, he's got a bad game, and that's it. You play 162, and then in one game, your season's done. The only tweak that maybe I would make is where you give every team a home game. I know that involves travel, and they don't want to do it, but if you have game one in Philly and then game two in Miami, and then if necessary, Philly would get game three, that's the only tweak I would make. And it's not so much to say, oh, the Marlins, they would have won the game at home. It's not about that. The reason I would make this tweak is because you have a team in the Marlins that earned a wild card spot. They truly earned it. They fought and clawed and battled. And in the end, for the Marlins fans, they got exactly zero home games in the postseason. I think Philadelphia, from just seeing what I saw, I think they still would have swept Miami. I don't care where the game was played. But how cool would it have been for South Florida fans to get one home postseason game instead of none? I'm sure people in Miami would have showed up better than the half-empty Ray Stadium in St. Pete. But I do want to be clear. I'm not saying I wish the Marlins would have had a home game and MLB should make it 1-1-1 one, one, one instead of all three. In one place, I just want to make it clear. I, I don't think that would have changed the result. This is simply about having your fans be able to see your team in at least one postseason game. The Marlins, I'm sure they wouldn't have even won one at Lone Depot Park because the offense, the Marlins couldn't generate anything. 
Luis Arise was playing on one leg. Jorge Soler didn't homer. Josh Bell, he was good the first game. They just couldn't string anything together. In that first game on Tuesday, they had runners on second and third. They're down two. Guriel was at the plate. And if he gets a hit there, maybe we got a series. Instead, he's out. The Marlins didn't generate anything. And then last night, the play on offense that killed him was Birdie getting picked off on second base. You got Luis Arise standing on deck. It's a 0-0 game with one out. This is situational baseball. It really doesn't matter what Jacob Stallings does at the dish. He could strike out whatever. The point is Luis Arise, the National League batting champion and the AL batting champ last season, the best pure hitter in Major League Baseball, he is ready to drive in the first run to make it one nothing Marlins. And Birdie, he gets picked off at second. He's trying to go to third, and he gets picked off. What's the advantage there? So silly. Let let Stallings do whatever at the plate, and you got Luis Arise on deck. Let him get a base hit. Let him do what he does. I thought on a night where Aaron Nola was dealing and where it was clear that runs were going to be difficult to come by, I thought that crushed Miami. And then a short time later, the Phillies scored their first run, and that was it. They were off and running. The Marlins' formula all season long was, all right, we're going to be down. Not like they wanted to be, but they just were. But they kept it close. And then in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, they made a move. They came back, and they won ball games. They won a ton of one-run games. That was their formula. It was working during the regular season. But the approach in the postseason, teams are too good. You can't put yourself in that situation. Bullpens are too good. There's too many good arms. You can't wait until late to get things going. It's just not the way to succeed in the postseason. The big picture, the whole year for Miami, for the Marlins, that is, it was successful. You look at the expectations Nobody expected the Marlins to do anything, particularly in that division. The Mets were involved in an arms race. They were loading up on millions and millions of dollars of players. The Marlins, they just went quietly about their business. They threw Jazz in a center field, a position he'd never played before. They thought they would get more from Sandy, who was the Cy Young winner last season. They didn't get much from him. And now we got to see what happens with his injury, although I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen, and I'll get to that in a bit. Yuri Perez came up, and he, he's he got the goods, but then he was hurt at the end of the year. Jesus Lazardo was really good this season. Luis Arise was amazing, just brilliant. And Pablo Lopez, who they dealt for him, he won a playoff game for the Twins. That's a rare win-win trade. And then you had Jorge Soler hitting over 30 homers. So he had a big year. And then at the deadline, when the Marlins' offense was clearly stagnant, they needed more life. Garrett Cooper wasn't going to be enough. They go out and get Josh Bell and my lookalike, Jake Berger. Great moves. They pushed the Marlins over the hump. It helped them get into the postseason. And this is all with a first-year manager. 
Skip Schumacher on a two-year contract. He never managed before. I thought Skip more than acquitted himself well for his first season. He leads the Marlins to the postseason. He was poised. He made good in-game decisions a lot of the times. The Marlins needed a new voice. Don Mattingly said it himself. So the organization took a gamble on a guy who had never managed before, but came from a quality organization in the St. Louis Cardinals, and it turned out he learned really well from the Cardinals organization. How long will Skip Schumacher be around? That's a fair question. I'm sure he'll be back next season, but if the Cardinals' job were to come open in a year, are we sure the Marlins are going to be able to keep him? I don't know. What I do know is Skip Schumacher laid down a good foundation of how the Marlins want to play. And speaking of wanting to play, you could play the ponies. You could wager on horse racing right now at Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach. Live racing happening every week at Gulfstream Park. They got their sunshine meet going on right now. And you don't even have to wager a ton of money. You could bet as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Gulfstream Park has a trackside restaurant, 10 Palms. That's where I like to go when I'm at Gulfstream Park. The AC, it works great inside the trackside restaurant. So you walk in there, the AC's kicking, you get yourself a table, have a fantastic meal, and you can watch the races live right in front of you. And the great people who work at Gulfstream Park, they'll come around and they'll take whatever bet you want to place. Live racing going on every week right now during the Sunshine Meet in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. Before I move on to some other subjects, and here in Philadelphia, right across from Citizens Bank Park, Lincoln Financial Field, the Marlins didn't have a good performance at Citizens Bank Park, but I'm thinking the other team in Miami, the Dolphins, when they are here in just a couple of weeks, taking on the Eagles Sunday night football, that place is going to be a madhouse. And hopefully the Dolphins will take it to them. All right, go ahead and have your Phillies. But the Dolphins just put it to the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, if you're coming for that game, go to Angelo's and get a cheesesteak. Please, do yourself a favor. Before I get to any football talk, any messy talk, and it's very messy, I still have to do, not that I am mandated to do it, but I want to do it. I need to do one last segment here on the Marlins ending their season and tell you about what I thought once I was in that clubhouse after the game last night. Number one, the Marlins GM, Kim Ang. You never know who exactly makes moves behind the scene. Like with the Dolphins, Chris Greer, he's the GM, but he's got a lot of other people around him. Who is making every single move? Who's making these suggestions? You really don't know. It's always... Okay, it's the GM. Kim Ang deserves credit. I mentioned the trade deadline, making those moves. She turned a potential pretty good season 
into the first real postseason appearance in the past 20 years. Kim Ang deserves credit for that. I think getting into the postseason, she proved to Bruce Sherman that she should stick around. And this was also the first year she didn't have Derek Jeter breathing down her neck to where, you know what? This is actually her team now. Not his, it's hers. And her team ended up in the postseason. Now, decisions have to be made player-wise. Jorge Soler, he's got a player option. He just put up big numbers. I was right there next to Jorge Soler last night in that clubhouse. My feeling, it remains the same as it was three months ago. Jorge Soler is going to get paid somewhere else. He will not be a Marlin next season. That's my feeling. Then you've got Josh Bell, who they acquired at the trade deadline. Josh Bell's a free agent. He enjoyed his experience in Miami. Josh Bell wants to get paid, though. I was standing next to Josh Bell in the clubhouse last night, hearing every single word Josh Bell said, and it sounded to me like Josh Bell will not be back in a Marlins uniform. Not that he didn't like Miami, but he said he's got decisions to make. He's got to talk to his family where it's good for his kids. And nothing sounded like Josh Bell is coming back to Miami. Maybe as an opponent, but not putting on a Marlins uniform. So Soler, I think, will be gone. Josh Bell, I believe, will be gone. Another person I was standing next to last night in the clubhouse was Jazz Chisholm Jr. Jazz, he, to me, he he played well over his expectations in center field. I asked him last night after the game if he exceeded his own expectations, and he said he didn't even get to what he expected to be because he didn't play all that much. But... I even told him, I said, that throw you made the other night in center field, I I couldn't even believe that that throw you made. But Jazz said he'll have to talk to Skip Schumacher and see if he'll go back to shortstop or not. It sounded to me like Jazz wants to be back at short, and I think he will be. Jake Berger, he's under contract, so he'll be there. Sandy Alcantara. I spoke to Sandy Alcantara. I was right there next to Sandy Alcantara. Clubhouse after the game. Sandy was asked about his injury situation, what he's decided to do. Sandy gave the old, well, I think we'll make that decision next week and let you guys know. To me, the translation is Sandy has already decided he's going to need surgery, Tommy John surgery or Tommy John type surgery, and he's not going to pitch next year. That's my belief. Usually when a player says, yeah, well, you know, we'll make that decision next week, that decision has already been made. So I don't expect Jorge Soler to be there. I don't expect Josh Bell to be there. 
I don't think Sandy's pitching next season. I'm sure he's going to opt for surgery. So the Marlins, not only will they need some more bats, I mean, they need more bats right now, but they're going to lose some, and then they're going to need a whole lot more, but they're also going to need more starting pitching. Reality is, and this is the bottom line on all of it, Bruce Sherman, I'm sure, loved being in the postseason. He had a great time in Pittsburgh with the goggles and the champagne and the beer and the music. But the only way this Marlins team is going to get better is they need more bats. They have a lot of guys on this roster right now who are going to be arbitration eligible, and they're going to have to spend money on them. They're going to get big pay raises. I don't know how much money is going to be left over to sign other players that can make a difference. They need a a new catcher. That's got to be a position that needs to be upgraded. They've got two catchers who are offensive liabilities. Skip said after the game, he said right away, every year the team's different. We know we're not going to come back to the same clubhouse in spring training. He knows there's going to be changes, and they may not be for the better. I don't think I'm going to wager on the Marlins to win the World Series next year. Unless there's some luck involved. A lot of times in sports, you've you got to have luck. Maybe the Marlins will have some luck next season. Maybe things will happen that we do not expect. But it was a great run. And like I said, I couldn't move on to talk about the Dolphins or Messi and Inter-Miami or anything else without the proper burial for the 2023 Miami Marlins. It was a great baseball season. Remember, it all started at Lone Depot Park with the World Baseball Classic. Same calendar year, one calendar year, we had all of this excitement going on baseball-wise in South Florida. And who knows when it'll happen again. The Marlins, the last time they were a wildcard team after a full season, it was 20 years ago. So 20 years, 2003, now they got back in 2023. Is it going to be another 20 years? I hope not, but you just never know. And that's why it was really important for me to come here to Philadelphia and to be here for these games and talk about the experiences with all of you, post about it on social media, because you never know when magic is going to happen. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get as a fan, uh, as a journalist, as a South Floridian. You don't know how many opportunities you'll get to see the home team step onto that stage and it wasn't going to happen in Miami unless they got past the Phillies which not only did they not get past them they weren't even close but the ballpark was cool the media meal was great the Philadelphia people working in that stadium were fantastic walking around the streets of Philadelphia that was fun the place was rocking And I was in Denver for the NBA Finals. I was in Vegas for the Stanley Cup Final. I was in Kansas City for the Elite Eight. That crowd, the past two nights, it was up there with any one of those events. The Philly fans were so ready for this to happen, and credit to them. They're a really good sports town, and they deserve credit for that. Now, I have put the Marlins season 
to rest. Now, what about the rest of the Inter-Miami season? What about fans mad at Inter-Miami because of what is going on with Lionel Messi? What is the latest? I'll get to that in just a moment. Let me tell you what's going on at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. You walk in there, you're going to be surrounded by gorgeous. The reason Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club, the beautiful ladies that you'll see, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible night or even early morning. That's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 a.m. You could watch the football game there tonight. You may think, oh, that's a boring game. You will never be bored at Dean's Gold. You will have entertainment during every timeout, every commercial break, and you can have your own halftime show. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful ladies who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. So what's going on with Inter-Miami? What's going on with Lionel Messi? What's going on with head coach Tata? Fans are not happy. Fans in Chicago last night were definitely not happy. The ones who paid a very high price to get into that game. Inter-Miami, they lost last night. Their playoff hopes are on life support. And Tata, the head coach, continues to fib about Lionel Messi. I think it's quite ridiculous. He will not give an honest status update. And you know me. You know this show. We are all about And this guy will not be honest. He keeps saying, oh, well, Messi could be there. Uh, you'll have to see. He's working out. He could be there. There are three games left. Since he went to play for his national team, which he's been called upon yet again to come back, but since he came back, he got into one game got hurt, and left. If Messi is not going to play again this MLS season, just tell everybody. Otherwise, it feels like some type of scam. People are paying these big ticket prices, and if you know Lionel Messi is not going to play, let everyone else know. It just feels wrong. And now, like I said... Argentina, they put out their roster who's been called upon for the World Cup uh, qualifying games, matches, sorry. Can't call a soccer match a game. Oof. And Messi's name is on there. So it seems like Messi, who apparently is uh, almost ready to play, he may only be playing for Argentina and not Inter Miami the rest of the way. 
all of this just feels wrong to the fans. Just like everything else, though. The promises of a stadium next to Miami International Airport. And this has nothing to do with being against a sport or something. It's not against Lionel Messi. This is just about being truthful and not being lied to. I don't like fans being lied to. Being evasive and deceptive is a form of lying. And now, Inter-Miami, they've got to win their last three games and get help to get into the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Next year when Messi is healthy and he's playing again and they have a full season, hopefully the Messi mania will be back. But for 2023, I think it's done. Even if he does come back, if he plays one match, I don't know how they're going to make the postseason. Now, let me tell you how you can have your own postseason. Your postseason will be retirement. Some of you might think there's no way I can retire anytime soon. Well, there is a way. Start planning it. Contact Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach, and they will design a plan based around your goals. They know what they're doing at Trajan Wealth, and not all of us do. You've got some money, you think you're handling it well on your own, or you've got someone else, a family member or a friend handling it for you, but in the end, you're like, hey, I'm not retiring anytime soon. That's why I want you to contact Trajan Wealth. Let them help you. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth help you starting today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. So Marlins baseball season has been buried. Miami's MLS season, uh, that's about to be over. But we've got good news because in the coming weeks and months, we will continue to focus on football. We're going to have heat basketball. We're going to have Panthers hockey. There are so many sports to cover. I spent a lot of time this hour on the Marlins because they needed a proper burial after the type of season that they just finished. I won't be here with you tomorrow, but I will be back on the air Monday, and then we can discuss how the Dolphins and Canes both got blowout wins over the weekend at Hard Rock Stadium. That's all the time I've got for this Thursday afternoon. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.